0: Hello, this is the audio version of Parkrun magazine. Thanks so much for listening. Each episode of the audio magazine will share hints and tips about getting started on a more active lifestyle, as well as stories about the people and communities around Parkrun events. We've got a lot to fit into episode three, including a look at how strength training can fit into our everyday lives. Whether we're a regular park runner or just thinking about getting a bit fitter. We're shining a light on the menopause and perimenopause, hormonal changes that have a huge impact on some women. We're also sharing a story written by NHS consultant psychiatrist Dr. Shannaz Hassan, focusing on strategies we can use when we're feeling anxious or stressed. Right, let's get on with it and find out more about the little movements we can do every day to make our bodies stronger. When you hear the words strength training, what's the picture that springs to mind? People in the gym lifting heavy weights and getting big and muscly? This is not the case. In issue three of the printed Parkrun magazine, sports scientist and strength and conditioning coach Emma kirk Odenubi explained that strength training is for every single person,
1: no matter your age or shape. Here, Emma's words are spoken by an actor. Having a go at some kind of strength training two or three times a week can improve our quality of life and make completing day-to-day tasks easier. Strength training can help us with our balance, which may stop us falling or tripping. It could mean fewer trips to the car when carrying the shopping bags. It's also great for our overall health. The NHS recommends completing strength exercises twice a week, making sure we target our key major muscle groups. Here are just a few of those movements, why they're important and how they can help you the most. Don't worry, we'll be explaining these exercises in a moment. Squats. Squatting is a movement we do every day without realising. Whether we're moving from sitting down on a chair to standing or crouching down to pick something up, Performing the same movement with added resistance will allow the muscles to adapt to the strain and become stronger. Meaning, when you squat as part of day-to-day activity, your legs are more adapted to the movement and it feels easier. Plus, our upper legs, quads and glutes, buttocks, will carry this strength into multiple other movements, including parkrun, bicep curls. Weakness in our upper body can affect everything from grip strength to carrying things and picking up tiny humans keeping our biceps strong can aid with this also as we approach old age looking after our biceps can allow us to keep the joints in our arms and shoulders moving well lunges lunges are a single leg based strength movement these are so important because when we walk jog and run we only use one leg at a time therefore being strong and stable on one leg is paramount Lunges will also help with knee stability. Plank. The plank is a really effective move for stabilising our body and core. Your core is basically the central part of your body, the muscles connecting your lower back, hips, pelvis and stomach. Some people call their stomach muscles abs or abdominals. During a plank, we use our legs as well as our core, back and arms for stability. The plank is a great way not only to improve posture, but overall body strength. Calf raises. The calf muscle helps us propel off the ground as we walk and run. If this muscle isn't strengthened, it can cause us to have issues with foot pain as well as knee and hip pain. Farmer's walks. This is the exercise that will aid those supermarket shopping trips. Walking with weights like cans of beans or heavy bags will help to build strength in your core as well as grip strength. Farmer's walks can also help with posture and standing tall. Finally, strength work shouldn't feel like a chore. Maybe next time you stand up from the sofa, do it more than once. Sit down and stand up a few times, giving yourself extra movements up and down. While you're waiting for the kettle to boil, try some calf raises. Next time you brush your teeth, do some lunges at the same time. Integrating these movements into your daily routine can make them more achievable and help you to live a longer, stronger life.
0: So that's why strength training is important for our overall health and well-being. Now, let's hear from personal trainer, coach and blogger Elle Linton, who has created a range of movements to put that knowledge into practice in our everyday lives. These movements are adaptable. So, whether you're a seasoned park runner or thinking about making a small change to the way you think about your fitness, there's something here for everyone to try. Elle's words will be spoken by an actor.
2: Strength training is great to add some variety to your weekly activities. Not only will it help to prevent injuries, but it also makes your body more resilient for everyday life, building stronger bones and muscles while improving overall fitness. You don't need any specialist equipment to get started. Simply using your own body weight counts. Then, when you feel ready, use whatever you have available. Household items such as books, bottles of water, laundry detergent or tins of food perhaps. One great thing about any form of movement, including strength training, is that there is always an option that will feel good for you. Here are some movements you can try using body weight or household items. If you've got access to kettlebells or dumbbells, you can use those. Together, these movements provide a full-body strength workout you can utilise using the time you have available. It's important to start with a weight that you can lift comfortably, with good control. As you progress, the weight can be increased. When you're confident with each individual exercise – there are options to combine them to target more muscle groups and add variety. Squats Here's what to use. Body weight or one item slash weight held to your chest. Squats are a lower body exercise targeting legs, lower back and core. Stand with your feet comfortably apart. Hip width is usually a good place to start. Then imagine you're about to sit on a chair by pushing your hips back and down. Try to keep your chest lifted by looking ahead and once your thighs are roughly parallel to the ground press down through your heels and drive back up to standing. Try it for up to 60 seconds. Bicep curls Here's what to use. Two light weights. Two tins or two 500 50ml full bottles of water. Bicep curls will target the bicep muscles which are located on the front of the upper arm. Stand with your feet hip-width apart and your arms at your sides, a weight in each hand. With elbows kept close to your body and your palms facing forward, raise the weights towards your shoulders. Pause briefly at the top of the movement and then slowly lower the weights back to the starting position. Try it for up to 60 seconds. If you can do this comfortably, Now try a squat with a bicep curl, that's one bicep curl after each squat. A forward lunge is an exercise that targets the legs, glutes, the muscles located in your buttocks and core. Standing with your feet hip width apart, take a step forward with one leg, keeping both feet pointing forward. Lower your body by bending your front knee until both knees are at 90 degree angles. Your front knee will be above your ankle while your back knee stays below your hip and is close to the ground. Push back up to the starting position by pushing through your front heel. Repeat with the opposite leg. Try it for up to 60 seconds. If you can do this comfortably, now try a lunge with a twist. Here's how to do it. Prepare a weight. For example, a small backpack filled with light items. You can swap for heavier items when you feel ready for more of a challenge. Once in the lunge position, rotate your body and the weight towards the side of your front leg before pushing back up to the start position. Plank You don't need any extra weights for this one. Plank is an exercise that targets the core muscles. Start on the ground. Lie on the floor with hands either side of your shoulders. Hips off the ground but keeping your knees on the floor. Your hands should be shoulder width apart. Lift your knees off the ground, keeping your head, hips and heels aligned. Engage your core by pulling your belly button towards your spine. Hold this position for the desired amount of time, keeping your body in a straight line and your core engaged. If planking on your toes is too much, stay on your knees. Try it for up to 60 seconds. Calf raises. You can do these just using your body weight but if you'd like extra weight, try one item or weight held to your chest, or alternatively, two light weights held by your sides. For example, two cans of beans or two two 2-litre bottles full of water. If you want a lighter weight, don't fill them completely full. Calf raises primarily target the muscles of the calf, which are located at the back of your lower legs. From standing... Push through the balls of your feet while raising your heels until you're standing on your toes. Then lower slowly back to the start. If you struggle to balance, use a wall or piece of furniture to hold onto and start without weights. Try it for up to 60 seconds. Farmer's walks Start with light weights. For example, two shopping bags filled with a two kilo bag of rice or beans in each. Or if you have them, two dumbbells or kettlebells. Farmer's walks are a full-body exercise that primarily targets the core, back, legs and grip strength. Stand tall with a weight in each hand held by your sides. From your start point, take small steps forward, maintaining a strong grip until you reach your end point. You could time yourself or travel between two walls or the length of a hallway. Place your weights down. To repeat, Turn around and pick up the weights again. Return in the opposite direction. Try it for up to 60 seconds or your chosen distance. What great ideas for making strength training part of
0: daily life. You don't need special equipment, just a couple of tins from the cupboard. We're going to focus on women's health now. For something half the population will experience... It's funny how the menopause and perimenopause are still often talked of in code. Whispers of the change or that time of life. And while recent years have seen a big drive to be more open about the perimenopause and menopause and the challenges they can hold, we still have a long way to go and a lot to learn. This story is based on a feature in the printed edition of the magazine
1: written by Kate Carter. What actually is the perimenopause? Essentially, if menopause is when a woman's periods stop for good, then the perimenopause is the run-up to that. It can last months or years. The average age for perimenopause is around 47 and a half, but it's very individual. Every woman is different. During perimenopause, hormone levels begin to change. Overall, they decline, but women can also experience erratic surges and those fluctuating hormones can bring with them a whole host of unwelcome symptoms. From the commonly known, such as hot flushes, to the less familiar, joint pains, brain fog and insomnia. Changing bodies and hormones also mean that the perimenopause is a time not just for physical fluctuations. Many women lose self-confidence and develop low moods or worse. In fact, though estimates vary a lot, Studies show that upwards of 50% of all peri- and postmenopausal women suffer from some degree of depression or from some depressive symptoms. One well-designed American longitudinal study, the type that observes a large cross-section of women over a period of time, showed that the risk of depression increases two to five-fold during perimenopause while another eight-year study found that perimenopausal women reported experiencing more than four times more negative and depressive thoughts than before the perimenopause hit. But while medical information tends to dwell, quite understandably, on the negative side effects, it's really important for women to know that they are not helpless in the face of changing hormones. There is plenty they can do, and the most important first step is to understand what is going on and work with it. One woman who really believes that knowledge is power is Jessica Ennis-Hill, voiced here by an actor. The Olympic gold medal-winning heptathlete retired from athletics in 2016 and is now on a mission to help women understand their bodies better. It wasn't really until I went through pregnancy that I started to realise how much of an impact my hormones had on me from a physical perspective, Jessica recalls. I was lucky. I had great nutritionists and experts and psychologists around me who really helped educate me around my body as a woman. But most women don't have that. Jessica Ennis-Hill wants that to change. Through her career, Jessica learned that at certain times of a woman's cycle and at certain points in their lives, they might be more susceptible to injury or that energy levels might fluctuate with hormones. Both these situations are normal and, crucially, something women can work with. A lot of it is just about understanding, she explains. If you feel a certain way and you don't know why, then it can be quite damaging. But if you do, you have some element of control. You can learn that getting active in a certain way through certain phases of your cycle can have a massive positive impact on your mood and your energy levels, and to approach that in the best way that's right for you as an individual. Evidence more than backs up her words. Getting active makes a big difference. A French study that assigned one group of women to a programme where they walked three times a week over six months and another group to do nothing found that the walkers showed a significant decrease in depression compared with the control group. Other global studies back this up. Significantly, these findings are common to all women, whatever their financial, social or geographical background those women who can fit physical activity into their lives actually feel more satisfied and experience fewer depressive symptoms. Fortunately, this certainly doesn't mean we all have to train like an Olympian. One of the best forms of exercise is walking. Walking has tremendous benefits, not just around managing the symptoms of perimenopause and menopause, but also in helping to reduce the risks of other problems that menopause brings with it. A higher risk of cancer, bone health concerns, and cardiovascular issues. It's a health win-win. Walking in a group like a park run is particularly useful because getting social isn't just a nice-sounding idea but is actually backed by research. A strong social network and higher levels of social support have actually been shown to reduce menopause symptoms in frequency and severity. Many women may also choose to take hormone replacement therapy, HRT. HRT essentially replaces or boosts the declining levels of oestrogen that happen during this period. Most HRT contains two hormones, oestrogen and progesterone. The oestrogen is there to help relieve symptoms of menopause, brain fog, hot flushes, night sweats, loss of sexual desire, etc. While the progesterone protects the womb lining, the uterus. HRT can be an absolute game-changer. However, it isn't suitable for every woman. It's best to chat to a healthcare professional, first to discuss how your symptoms are affecting your life, whether there's a risk of cancer or whether you've had a hysterectomy. Whatever you decide, it needs to be right for you. There's so much power in understanding your body, says Jessica Ennis-Hill. I know it sounds so simple, but I think we often get carried away, particularly in the world that we're in, where there's so much noise around everything. She talks about how women are bombarded with the latest fitness trends and the best new way to exercise. You feel that you have to fit this mould, she says. But we are such individuals, particularly as women, and I think there's so much power in just listening to your body. Taking rest when you need it, not feeling that you have to follow really strict routines all the time. It's all about balance.
0: Let's hear now from a London woman who has been on her menopause journey for a decade. Kiara Samele is a regular at Wimbledon Common Parkrun. Her words are spoken by an actor.
2: My menopause journey started around 49. I got married aged 33, and since then, I'd done no exercise at all. However, I was very sporty as a teenager and used to dance at salsa clubs in my 20s, but then I took up parkrun. My symptoms were mainly hot flushes, sometimes headaches and bad sleep from the hot sweats. If you ask close family, they'll probably tell you I was irritable and bad-tempered too. But now, 10 years on, things have calmed down a lot. I'm now officially post-menopausal, but the hot flushes persist. Apparently, they can carry on into your 80s. Parkrun has been so important for my menopause journey. The wonderful thing about Parkrun is the social and friendly atmosphere. I'm always meeting new people, even if it's only briefly. It's so good for your psychological health, which, when you're menopausal, is absolutely essential. I was aware that I wanted to try to prevent osteoporosis, a health condition that weakens bones and makes them more likely to break, which some women can be prone to immediately following the menopause. So getting fitter and weight-bearing exercise are almost essential for me. Menopause symptoms can drive you mad. I do remember almost fainting when having a hot flush. It was as if someone had turned up the sun's temperature dial, even in winter. Many women take hormone replacement therapy, HRT, to deal with these symptoms. I personally haven't. I just carried on running. That's what worked best for me. Running helps me feel good about myself, and so does parkrun. I was under no pressure to run the whole 5k so could walk and run at my own pace. We're still
0: thinking about our health, but moving from body to brain now. In issue three of the printed magazine, Dr. Shanaz Hassan, an NHS consultant psychiatrist, laid out some strategies to help cope with stress and worry. In her practice, Dr. Hassan believes that lifestyle psychiatry – which aims to equip people with lifelong personal resources such as regular physical activity and mindfulness, is central to long-term mental health. She's also a qualified UK athletics coach and set up a community-based weekly mental health support running and walking group that helps people get physically active in a safe space. Dr. Hassan's words are spoken by an actor.
1: When we're anxious or stressed, it can feel impossible to find a way to move forward positively and bounce back. These tips and tools will hopefully help you to approach setbacks constructively. Our mind is the powerhouse for everything we do, but it can become overworked and overwhelmed. The way we are feeling can have a negative impact on our emotions, thoughts and behaviour. Sometimes it can feel very hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Our brains attempt to protect us from anxiety, stress and internal conflict using a variety of coping mechanisms. Some of these, such as disassociation, feeling disconnected from yourself and the world around you, can actually make things seem worse. However, other mechanisms can turn unhelpful emotions or instincts into healthy ones, and physical activity is a very well-known way of doing this. For example, after a stressful day, we may feel more irritable and find that going for a walk can help to clear our heads. You've probably heard that physical activity releases happy hormones, otherwise known as endocannabinoids. These lift our mood and help us to de-stress, manage pain and sleep better. The sense of achievement we get from being physically active helps us to develop confidence, which in turn lifts our self-esteem. Back in 2018, Parkrun's big health and well-being survey elicited more than 60,000 responses. Of these, 79% reported that Parkrun boosted their happiness. Volunteers reported the highest improvement. Of the survey respondents, 91% reported a sense of personal achievement from being involved with Parkrun. So, we know physical exercise improves our mental health. But, as the popular saying goes, it's easier said than done. The barrier so often is our own thoughts and beliefs. What can we do when our own worries are creating a barrier to getting more active? Here's an example. 54-year-old Zara. Her children left home a few months ago and Zara has started to feel a loss of role. She has begun to withdraw from her social circles and feels hopeless. She is then diagnosed with depression. Zara's daughter has recommended she tries parkrun, but Zara initially feels daunted by this idea. This leads to a spiral. She's stuck and can't make a change. If Zara can find a way to challenge these negative thoughts, it will have a knock-on effect on her feelings and behaviour. Perhaps you're feeling like this too. Here's a way you can try to challenge those negative thoughts. Imagine you are speaking to someone else who's experiencing feelings of hopelessness and despair. Turning those words around in your head allows you to think about them from a new angle. In our example, Zara looks at the Park Run website and finds out that her local event is only a 10-minute walk away. She decides to walk there one Saturday morning and watch. A few weeks later, she offers to volunteer, and a few weeks after that, she decides she will walk the 5K. Using Parkrun, Zara takes positive steps towards her recovery and feels empowered because she can decide exactly how she participates. Walking, jogging, running, volunteering, watching. It's her choice. Feeling anxious can affect your mental and physical health, but you can help yourself by using these same ideas. Challenging your thoughts and getting more active. Think about what you might say to someone else in the same position or use physical activity to help you expend anxious energy. Another technique to curtail anxiety is mindfulness. This means focusing your awareness on the present moment and thinking about what is going on in both your mind and your body. Notice your feelings, without judgment, and accept their presence. Think about your surroundings. Mindful walking, jogging, or running could involve paying attention to your feet hitting the ground. Feeling the breeze, listening to the sounds of wildlife, or noticing the greenness of the leaves on the trees. Have you thought of
0: trying mindfulness? Dr. Hassan's explanation of how to do it was really easy to follow. That's it for this episode. Join us again for episode four, in which we'll be meeting CBB star George Webster and finding out about Parkrun's programme on the custodial estate in Great Britain. We hope you can join us then. Thank you for listening to Parkrun magazine. We hope you like the features and enjoyed our simple ways to take steps towards a happier and healthier life. To find out more about your local Parkrun event or collect a free copy of the printed magazine, head over to magazine.parkrun.com. Parkrun magazine is created by Parkrun with the audio version made possible through editing and audio adaptation by Imogen Lees and production by Light the Wind Media and Runcom. If you enjoyed listening, please remember to subscribe, leave a review, or share it with others. That's all for this episode. We hope you enjoy the next one.